the giant thinkers giant thinkers podcast hey guys welcome to the show i'm ram castillo and in this podcast i'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers creatives and giant thinkers G'day Giants, Ram here. This is episode number 74. We've got a good friend of mine on the show today. He and I live halfway across the world from each other. He's based in New York. I'm in Sydney. We did this interview in LA face-to-face. I would describe him as an incredibly dedicated, super talented young gun, Currently age 25, he's already been a creative for Gary Vaynerchuk, for Gary's personal brand and numerous VaynerMedia projects. He has worked side by side with Gary for over three years, specializing in videography, editing, art direction and design. This year, however, he received acceptance into the highly sought after 2019 Adobe Creative Residency Program. It's an enormously rare opportunity, allowing him to spend a year full-time on a personal creative project while sharing his experience and process with the entire global creative community. We unpack his journey to date, which is a testament to the power of going all-in on your passion, including how he landed his dream job with Gary, his humble beginnings, and what he's up to now. We also spoke about the one item he can't travel without, practical advice on having mentors around you like Gary V, the tactics he practices to overcome imposter syndrome, and how the Adobe Creative Residency Program defines creative success, and plenty more. So if you're unsure where to take your career or if you're facing a creative block, then this is for you as we uncover what it takes to go after your creative pursuits. A quick note before we begin, I'd love to invite you to connect with me on Instagram as I'm doubling down and putting extra effort into that to give as much value as possible, in particular answering every single comment and DM. So if you have a question or are feeling stuck and you think I can help, happy to give my two cents. I'm also committed to delivering some useful IG stories on the daily as well. So find me via my handle, The Giant Thinker, as it's the fastest way to reach me. All right, let's jump straight in. I present to you the always moving, hyper curious, creative storyteller, Tyler Babin. Tyler Babin, welcome to The Giant Thinkers podcast, mate. Uh, How are you doing today? I am very, very good. We're in beautiful Los Angeles, California. We are. And there's much worse places to be in the world <laughs> on, a, on a Wednesday, so doing great. Fantastic, mate. I am stoked that you were able to, to do this. Um, one being I am from Sydney, so to escape the winter, come halfway across the world. Babin is everywhere these days, but um, primarily in New York for the last couple of years yep. and for us to kind of just tee up and be here um, in well, we're close to Santa Monica aren't we yeah Pretty yeah close. No, not too far a little I guess well so geographically we're not far but in yeah. LA that's like an hour and a half to get exactly anywhere. <laughs> exactly we're in LA and um, so happy that you could do this interview uh, there are many people that follow Gary V of course a lot of people have um, known Tyler through uh, Gary's own brand and VaynerMedia in general um, but uh, let's dive into it. Yeah. First question for you okay. is an icebreaker question. I love it. And I'm going to go with, you do a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. What's one item that you can't travel without that's not your camera? Excluding your camera and your gear, what's an item that, that maybe tell, tells a bit about you that yeah. many people don't know? Okay. Um, so I don't know if you know this, but the thing that got me into video and all things creative was magic. Oh. I was a magician and specifically a card magician. So I travel with like three to six decks of cards with me everywhere I go. I was going to say, how, how <laughs> have you 
In, in Batman's videos recently, I've been seeing a lot of um, mm -hmm. card handling and, and yeah. sort of like you're about 30 centimeters away and then you're just chucking the cards Spring from one hand to another. Yeah. I don't even know the terminology. Yeah, springing the cards around. Yeah. Um, okay, so how, how did you... Yeah, so it... Uh... It's, it's, I'll condense the long story down. When I was in sixth grade, I had moved to a new town, didn't know anyone. I got paired up with a foreign exchange student. His name was Philip Kim. Uh, shout out Philip, if you happen to be listening to this. Uh, he was from uh, he was from Korea and could speak like very little English, but we were sharing a locker together, and he did magic tricks, and that was like our only form of communication. He like became my only friend. We couldn't talk, but he would just show me magic tricks all day, and I wanted to learn how to do it, but the language barrier, and so I just started like exploring the internet, learning myself, and became completely obsessed, and fully thought through like middle school, high school, and the little bit of college that I was going to be a magician and like photography was going to be my hobby as opposed <laughs> to now it's like photo and video is my job and I still travel with like tons of cards with me because whether I'm on a plane or a train or I'm walking, it's just like, it brings me back home and it's like a form of comfort to just like mess with a deck of cards. All right, fantastic. No. So apart from the magic, mm -hmm. where would you say your expertise lies? Um, I, I almost hate the term because I feel like it's becoming so cliche, but visual storytelling, mm. I think is my thing. I think uh, I have an ability to like take a camera and a person and like go explore for a day and build out uh, a really in-depth story. Yeah, love that. Because obviously uh, your tools have been heavily the video, yeah. video route. Recording, yeah. filming, editing. It's been, well, it's been an interesting... But you didn't start there. I didn't start there. So it started, it started with photo. Well, actually, I guess we go really far back. It started originally in video, but only for sake of necessity. So when I was learning magic tricks, I was an only child. So I filmed myself doing the tricks so I could watch it back. So that's like really where it all kind of so picked cool. up. But I got really, really into photography. I was like dating a girl in high school who was who was like an aspiring model. And so I was like, cool, I'll take pictures of you. And then I got into the pictures and then all of a sudden like we had like this flow going. And so I got really into photo, which then transitioned into design. Um, and you know, my first, the first few jobs I had like paying my bills were as a designer. And I, I had no real formal education in design. I just kind of figured it out as I went. And then full circle ended up back in video a few years ago. And now I sort of consider myself like a mix of the three. So I'll take on design projects here and there, but mostly it's it's like video and photo focused. All right, so let's unpack that a little bit. Where would you say your, um, you know, your sort of first inspiration came from, like as a as a child, let's say, growing up? Give give us a snapshot of how you grew up and what exposed you yeah. to all this, because you weren't even you weren't born in um, New York or you weren't born in no. in um, California. No, I was born in a in a very small town called Pensacola, Florida. Right. Um, I lived there until I was five, and then um, my parents and I kind of bounced around Florida for a little bit. We, I sort of considered Tallahassee my hometown. Um, it's where I really lived the, the majority of my life, and I had a pretty traditional... Brothers, sisters? Only child, just wow. me. Okay. And so I was always like pretty close with my family, and I was sort of like the black sheep in a lot of ways. I was sort of just interested in weird things, whether it was magic tricks or cards or whatever. Like when my friends wanted to go outside and play football, I wanted to like watch videos on some weird thing. And so I think I've always sort of inherently been like creative and just like a different, different thought process. I uh, started making sort of skateboard videos with my friends and the magic thing was picking up. <laughs> and then I forget what the moment was, but there was like, it flipped over and I all of a sudden was enjoying the process of making the videos more than I was enjoying doing the thing in the videos that I was making the videos about. Yeah. And so then it was just kind of all all in from there. How old, how old were you when you were doing that? This is, I got my first camera when I was 10. Awesome. And I haven't really so you stopped. Were doing, you were dabbling in video. Yeah. As a teenager. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely uh, just just filming though for like more of a documentation standpoint like home video type stuff cool. um, 
and then I was I was really lucky. The high school I went to had a very advanced like video program. The the teacher had like spent their whole life working in like news broadcasting, wanted a career switch, went to teaching, but had all this like real world real world production knowledge. And so I went really in depth into that class, and that's where I started getting more into editing and learning the actual like technical side of how to make things look good. Because I didn't know all that. I thought yeah. you were formally, well, more so trained as a designer. Um, obviously, in past interviews and conversations you've had with others. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to it. We don't, we don't want to fast forward too much. But the whole thing around um, VaynerMedia needing you to be a video editor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was, so that was the thing is I, it was sort of, it was really like, photo and design were like the things and whenever I was living in Tallahassee there's not much of a market for like fashion photography which was the thing I was into <laughs> the only way I felt like I could really make like a good living was design yep. right and I think anyone listening knows that like everyone needs things designed <laughs> so it, it it's a great career path and whenever I left home when I moved to New York the first internship I took was a graphic design internship at Vayner and whenever, you know, things, the, the, the story of me ending up in an Uber with Gary, which ended up me being on his team day one, I walked in and was told, you're starting as a graphic designer on Team Gary tomorrow. The next day I walk in, sit down, and they handed me a hard drive of videos, and they were like, we need videos cut by the end of the day. They didn't even ask you if you knew how to do it. No. They were just like, there you go. And I was like, oh, so I'm actually a video person. How did you feel? at that moment. Terrified, because I had gone so deep into the design side of things, especially as I was doing this internship in design. Um, I hadn't opened up Premiere in like a solid, solid six months or so that I had really like gotten my hands dirty in it. So I had to go pretty intense and really, it was a lot of late nights watching every tutorial that I could and learning as much as, as I could about Premiere and video production. So let's dive into that a little bit more. Oh, by the way, before we, we, we do, a um, bit of context, how old are you now? I'm 25. And what did your parents do? My dad is an attorney, um, and my mom has worked in like medical field radiology her cool. whole career. Fantastic. Well, there you go. I think it's important. So, <laughs> so, so definitely like very academically driven people. And I was like, I'm going to drop out of college and go a completely other route and be creative. So it was a little weird. You know, what's so funny because part of this show is to really unpack the real deal, you know, context and setup of how a person got from A, B, C. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, you, you're obviously, as we discuss off air, early on in your journey, yeah. so much more to learn, we all do. I think um, it's important though to kind of go, right, we see Tyler Babin, we see your Instagram. Yeah. Really fast growth of engaged, highly engaged people. 30s, coming up to the 40s soon of, of, of followers at this moment. Probably when this gets released, it'll be double that. Um, let's hope. Let's, let's hope. hope. <laughs> That's it. But the person behind these people that we follow and are engaged with have really worked hard. And, and I just want to define how hard work is and has been for you. Now, you've just said that you've been told, because a lot of listeners uh, also are coming up through the ranks of junior designer, midweight designer, or just even trying to get their first job. Yeah. So there's that bit of not knowing what to do, but being told to do it. How did you, was it that fast that you, were, you, that you couldn't even process it? Um, to be told, here are some hard drives, here's some video content, edit this today, this is your first job. Like, how do you, Yeah. how does your 20, <laughs> what, 21-year-old self? Yeah, yeah, I guess I was 21, 22 when that happened. Um, so the way I looked at it is that I was being given a shot at the life I wanted. You know, if, if I wasn't able to adjust and to exist on Team Gary and my career played out the way it did, I think there's a really good chance I would have moved back home, like, back in with the parents, and lived a very sort of traditional route of gotten a normal nine-to-five job and that's not what I wanted at all so for me there was no other option 
it was just like I was like jumping into the pool like I knew that I was gonna where I was gonna land and I had to figure it out and so there was never a moment to to question anything in terms of like can I do this like how do I learn this fast enough that you couldn't deal with like nerves I just had to go I find a lot of people creative or not struggle with a few issues around imposter syndrome and what people think about them yeah how you seem very confident now especially but for those starting out going I literally don't know or have the skill set to execute um, because I don't have the technical expertise or maybe the strategic thinking of problem solving or whatever they need to do Mm -hmm. how do what's advice you can give to a young sort of up-and-coming person or maybe not even a young up-and-coming person just someone sort of wanting to change careers so it's it's interesting and, and I'm actually really glad you asked this and you know you say like I sound confident and everything and I I'm substantially more confident than what I was a few years ago in terms of I think I can I'm expected to deliver a certain level of, of quality and, and be able to churn things out quickly but I still like to this day like I'm dealing with imposter syndrome every day I doubt myself every day it never goes away what do you doubt I I mean I I literally some mornings wake up and don't have ideas and I'm like this must have all been a fluke like I shouldn't be here like you know it still happens today whenever I uh, you know in the last two months since I started going very very active on YouTube um, you know I'll I'll spend 12 hours on a video I'm so stoked with it upload it and then the first comment is like a troll that just like wants to impose their sort of negativity on something and it'll completely throw my day off it will you know what's what's one example um, you know, obviously, and we'll, we'll get to it, uh, I'm now an Adobe Creative Resident for the next year, and there was a lot of negative feedback of people that didn't think I deserved to get this. And so then it made an impact on me, and I was like, wait, maybe I don't deserve to have this. You know, and it really, really sent me down a bad spiral for, you know, a week, and you have to kind of, like, build yourself back up. So the thing is, it's never, it's never going to go away, right? I think creative people are inherently, like, emotional and... We think both with our with our heart and our head, and, and so it's it's hard to to fully I don't I don't know the word, but just like to separate what those things are. It's never going to go away. It does get better, you know. And I think it's I think it's staying very internal. You know, it's talking on the YouTube comment thing. I now like if I post a video, I don't look at comments for like a solid day. <laughs> I just need to like at let least. I need to let that thing exist in the world and like do what it's gonna do and me be able to think back on it before I let anyone else's voice affect how I'm interacting with that piece of art that I've made. Yeah. You know. Advice for those who have never posted anything. Start. It was like, you know, the interview with Chase, we, we had this whole conversation of like, how do you find your voice as a creative? And I think that's the thing that holds people back is they're like, I, I would hate to like post something if it's not like the right thing. What if, what if the next thing I want to post is completely different? Cool. You're never going to figure out what you want to post if you don't start posting it. You know, I've been, I've been really holding on to this phrase recently that like inspiration is found through action. And I think that's the only way. Like, if, if you're just sitting in your head, like, thinking of it over and over again, it's going to be really, really difficult to get to the finish line. It's funny because um, Tyler has been using, what's the camera? Osmo. Uh, the Osmo Action. The Osmo Action. Mm-hmm. And I have had my GoPro Hero 4 buried for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this really cool thing that I found you do which is so cool. And I was like, I just want to try it. Yeah. And since trying it, the thing was, um, was you put the GoPro in your mouth? Yeah. Or the, the camera in your mouth? Yeah, yeah. I have a little like clip that clip I can like bite onto. you can bite onto? Yep. Anyway, I was like, how does that actually, like how does, how does he get that point of view mm-hmm. where he's just walking around? I'm like, it, it must be on his head or something. Um, but that's just that one little thing of playing. Just, yeah. pl- just play and, and put it, putting it out there, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's funny because when you see someone that you look up to play, yeah, and there is some stuff that, it's only through, the editing, 
that you've made it it just works yeah um but the recording itself can be rough as guts yeah you know it's you funny know what I mean? it's, it's funny because like it's not on, polished exactly on the note of of the osmo video and for context i i got this new camera i ran around new york for a day with it with ho- looking absolutely ridiculous holding it in my mouth um and just like filmed everything that i did and made it into like a little edit and in my mind it was uh you know, YouTube's cluttered with camera reviews and everything. I was like, I don't want to make a camera review. This is how I would do it. I would just run around for a day and show what the camera's capable of doing. And I was exporting the video and I was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm walking through dark rooms a lot. The footage is really grainy. Some of it, you know, that's the highlights are blown out and everything. I was like, people are going to hate this video. And it's been one of the best received videos I've ever put out. And it was because I, I was just like, I pressed upload on something that I didn't think was good enough. And all of a sudden, oh, it worked, you know. Well, four views of that video, which I will link, uh, were from me. Amazing, thank you. Uh, and my wife too. And I'm like, how good's how good's Tyler's video of, the, of demonstrating this camera? Um, yeah, because I think one thing that you demonstrate really well is putting out what you've created that day or that week doing what you can with what you have and Chase Jarvis talks about this all the time you know the best camera is the one that you have on you which is amazing the best camera on you will be what your iPhone 8 10 whatever you've got sensational Um, what advice have you got for people that are um, creating content but they've reached a plateau or they've they've They've, they've not really, f- they've, they've lost their mojo. And I'm speaking from experience yeah. too. So I'm, I'm now 33. Mm-hmm. When I hit, I didn't have the existential crisis at 30. I actually had it at 31. Okay. <laughs> and all these questions of like, yeah. what, am, what am I doing now with, with my life, my purpose? I know, pretty dramatic, but it was true. It really hit me and I, and I couldn't get rid of it for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you got for people? Because, you, and I say this because you've gone through a pretty big chapter, eight, nine, ten years, yep. of this particular climb and, and particular intentional goal. Um, you ended up at Vayner um, as a creative for one of the most influential entrepreneurial hustlers of, of the world, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yep. Um, and you've recently just left mm-hmm. to go, as many know, as a, an Adobe resident. Only how many are chosen every year? Uh, it's different every year. This is the biggest year they've ever done, and there's nine of us. And that's out biggest. of a lot <laughs> of thousands that applied. that applied, yeah. So before um, you elaborate and help people understand what, what mm-hmm. Adobe Residency is, um, you're in this new chapter. What, what have you realized or learnt from trying to, going back to that, Thing that you said about sometimes I wake up and I have no inspiration at all. I yeah. doubt myself. I don't know. I, I, you know, feeling feeling a bit lost as to what story mm-hmm. you're trying to say or yeah. tell. Um, breaking that pattern. Yeah, and I think you know what you just said. It's it's breaking patterns. It's making. It's forcing your brain to like see things in different ways. So. You know, I've gone through the like losing inspiration thing. I and it goes back to like a lot of times I feel like I'm a broken creative in some ways because I'm like I feel like every six months I go into this phase of not knowing what to make and feeling burnt out. And I went through that phase a lot during my time at Vayner, and it's you know it, it was a contributing factor as to why I've I've now walked away. And people have asked me like, was I unhappy at Vayner? And it wasn't that I was ever unhappy necessarily. It just I wasn't as happy as I should have been. And so, you know, I reached, I reached that plateau point whenever I was traveling with Gary every day. So I told Gary, I was like, I'm not feeling it. We have to break something up. And so I left Gary's team for a little bit. I went to a different department in Vayner and took over like a creative director role. And it, it helped. It gave me like another four or five, six months of happiness where like things were good. And then I kind of hit a wall there. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm growing. It's glass ceiling. What, what's the purpose? So I switched again. And then I went to Gary's Wine Company. I grew that for six months. And then I hit another wall. And then that, and now we ended up where we are now with the residency. And it was because I was like, all right, you know what? I've tried a lot of different things inside this building. Uh, 
you know, three years at an advertising agency in New York especially is a long time. And I was like, let's just try something completely different. You know, let's walk away from, you know, when I was at a dinner last night, we were talking about it. I, to me, I, I never saw leaving Vayner as such a risky thing, but like I was like walking away from a big career I had built there. <laughs> it's just something that was completely unknown and on a timeline. Like I have a one year contract with Adobe that ends in 10 months. I don't know how I'm paying my bills after that, mm. you know? But I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life right now. Because I'm, I'm just willing to break things. And dude, like, literally tomorrow I could wake up and not feel good again. My thing is I just push people to be willing to, like, pull the emergency brake on everything, turn around and drive the other direction, even if you don't know what's over there. <laughs> because you'll, you'll only figure out what's over there if you go over there and look at it. Totally. You know what I mean? I love what you said about, um, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills in 10 months, yeah. um, but it, you're the happiest you've ever been. That's huge. And, and also, like, I don't want it to, I'm in a, a different place in my life, right? Like, I'm 25, I'm not married, I don't have a kid. I live in New York, like, on my own. I'm figuring my life out. I have a lot of, like, privilege to be able to be very scrappy and move around. I understand not everyone has that luxury. But taking the same sort of steps and applying those to your life, it's, it's cheesy and it's like cliche, but people say like, walk a different way to work. Walk a different way to work, you know what I mean? Like, do anything you can to break up what the pattern of your life has been because it just gets your brain operating in different ways, you know? Adjust what you're consuming, what you're listening to, what you're watching, like all of those things are patterns. I, every few months, go through and like dramatically change the type of people I'm following on Instagram, just so I'm not seeing the same type of thing implanted into my brain. There's a quote that I say all the time, and it's around mentorship, which is a famous Jim Rohn quote. I'm pretty sure like every second person quotes this, but it's the whole, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Who's the average of the five people you spend time with? Like who are the five people I spend yeah. the most time with? Yeah. Um, it's, it's been interesting switch. It's still a lot of Vayner people, yeah. quite frankly, um, which is good and it's important. And it's like, I went to dinner with the whole Vayner crew last night because I, I love that energy. Um, but my girlfriend Viv, she's around probably the most. Um, like one of my best friends, Adrian, who runs a really incredible backpack brand in the city. Like he's a good influence on my life. And recently I've been, I've been uh, like interacting with people on a shorter timeline, I think. Uh, more so, like this, like this trip's a great example, right? I'm in LA, I'm meeting with as many different people as I possibly can because being the average of the five people around you doesn't mean you have to be around the same five people totally. all day long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can change who those five people are whenever you want. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's a, you know, Gary talks about it a lot as to like, what if the toxic person in your life's your mom and you gotta eliminate that? <laughs> like, it's hard, but like, like you get to choose who has an influence on your life, yeah. you know? Do you think, speaking of Gary, how, how, how big of a part has Gary played in your, in your life? Uh, very, very big. And I'm very, very grateful for him. And we still, even having left Vayner, we still, you know, text on a regular basis and talk and, uh, we have the type of relationship that if I call him right now, he'll answer and be like, what can I do? And so that's amazing. Um, the biggest thing is Gary constantly has pushed me to go further than what I thought was possible of myself. So we had this like long joke a while ago that it seemed like every, every like six month increment of working with Gary, I was working twice as much as what I had been working the previous six months and had more output. And then Gary would call and be like, we need to add this into the mix. And I'm just like, there's no possible way I can do it. And then in six months, I'm doing it. You know, like I figured out a way. And so I think finding those people in your life that just push you a little bit further over the edge than what you think you're capable of doing are really, really important. And that's what Gary is for me. Well, there's two things I love about that. The first is that um, I think many of us have, whether they're, they are constantly there or not, have met someone that has pushed us to a place that uh, maybe we might not have thought we would get to ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and often if you're working um, under a leader of some type, and if you're in the nature of the design and creative industry, it is um, 
very, very common to be told, that's just not right. Mm-hmm. Go back to the drawing board. Yep. Um, have you always felt that the point with which you are super uncomfortable and kind of going, no, nah, that's enough, when someone like Gary has told you, it's not right, mm-hmm. try this. Yep. Have you ever thought at the time? The funny thing is, is like, <laughs> basically every time, I, I don't know, like, I think... Talk, talk to us about that moment, right? Because no, I think so many yeah, of us go through yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's and funny. And in hindsight, do you go, oh, yeah, uh, 100%. Right. Yeah. I remember, um, because, like, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm an artist and, like, romantic about the things. I will always, like, it'll be like a bee sting if someone gives me any feedback on anything I make. Right. You know what I mean? Because so I'm like, how have you had, I'm like how, what do you mean? Like, this is my thing. Um, so, one... I've always wondered how you handle feedback. Yeah, not taking things personally. <laughs> um, you know, someone critiquing a design is not critiquing you as a person. So, having a really good understanding and separation of those things. And also... I mean, here, if you want, like, my actual thing, I will often, like, send a video to someone to give feedback, and I'll be like, give me really intense, harsh feedback, and they'll give me the intense, harsh feedback. I get really upset and (laughs) mad, and I get pissed off, and I go for a walk, and then I come back, and I'm like, okay, now let me just, let me just try and see what their ideas are, and a lot of times it always ends up better. That's good. (laughs) And I love that, and and thank you for being so transparent about it. I think don't, don't think you're broken or anything that you get upset when someone doesn't love the thing you made or like sees ways to improve it um, That's just it's the only way to get better, you know, there you go. Yeah. You, you are human 100%. <laughs> the other thing I was going to talk to you about um, still tied into the to, to Gary was um, for those That do not have access to a person like Gary. Yeah Call it a mentor a coach role mm-hmm. model whatever how would you go about if you didn't have someone like Gary and you were seeking some mentorship of some type or or guidance what are some practical things that people can do to uh, to increase their um, group of people around them where they can learn and be guided from well I would say first off you're you're in great luck because we have this this really magical thing these days called the internet you have really amazing access to people um and and i don't know about you i mean i've been blown away by like tweeting at people like how much access that gets you um and now don't get me wrong like i have i have some clout with my name and things like that so it's it's easier but but if you stay consistent into like messaging people and emailing and cold cold calling and as uncomfortable as it is it'll often get you pretty close to the results you want so don't uh, don't ever just sit and be like I don't know anyone. Whenever you have access to the internet, you can really the, one of the first times in the world you can get to anyone if you try hard enough. Um, and then you know I think especially if you're if you're in a city, you have to take advantage of the nature of people that are around you. So going out to networking events and you know using. Instagram to, to network and meet up with people. I mean, it's it's what we're doing right now. You know yeah. what I mean? And now like now you're a part of the, the five people that I'm most around today and that makes me feel great You know, like it's just just getting out of your comfort zone You know, I, I cannot stress enough exactly what Tyler's just said about um, It's like the model modern-day cold calling in a way the tweet or the DM Where do I even begin? You know, people have asked me as well, and I don't know um, if, if those listening have experienced it to this degree, but the people that you've once felt that, oh, they're unreachable, they're not going to listen to me or, or respond to me, um, that's kind of changed for me when people that I've interviewed on the podcast have, have started to um, ha- have been on the show because of my DM. So yeah. someone even as insanely um, credible and, and famous, I guess you could say, as Kelly Slater, for example. Um, Which is so cool. I have to go listen to that episode now because Kelly Slater was like a childhood hero of mine. He's incredible. Yeah. It's, so it's, um, it's, it's crazy how I got in touch with him via Instagram DM. And people, till this day, are thinking that 
it's not a tool that can fully penetrate to that degree. Yeah, like some people won't check their DMs, but some do, and some people like Kelly Slater do do check their DMs, and um, it is a bit of a silver bullet. We don't need their phone number, we don't need their email. Um, a lot of them manage their own accounts. Um, you know, Tyler and I have kept in touch. We met uh, at VaynerMedia in a, a second visit of mine in, on the uh, second book tour in 2016, and we've kept in touch through just DMs here and there. Yeah. And you know, I think um, I encourage people to start um, messaging people that they look up to and that they actually follow, and um, don't just tap the the heart and like button. Yeah. I have a question for you. Uh, for Kelly Slater, was, was that the first DM you sent him? Uh, I was commenting on his stuff first. Yeah. So there was a familiarity there. Mm-hmm. And then I shortly after sent a DM and he actually responded. Okay. Cool. So that... So I'd say yes. Awesome. Yeah great and sometimes it works that way the, exactly. the only point I want to say is what happens if he hadn't had responded to that one and you send a follow-up and then another follow-up and another follow-up and don't you know don't be overbearing and be like stalkerish but the biggest thing is anyone that you you want access to at that level is busy they're not glued to their phone all the time and there's, it's like you're drinking out of a fire hose. Like you're, I can only get so much. Even now, like I feel like I'm missing a lot of things as like my inboxes are becoming more active. Don't be afraid of following up. Yeah. I think I, I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, well, I, I DM'd this person, but they didn't respond to me. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. Well, also 75,000 other people DM'd them this week. So maybe you should try one more time, you know? Totally. Um, don't, get, don't get beat down if, if the first the first interaction doesn't go exactly how well, you want Well, you're gonna to. love this then, because it took Kelly and I, and he actually says this on the podcast, uh, it took us 18 months from that first DM Sounds about to right. us recording. Yeah. And he, and he actually was apologetic on the podcast, and he went, <laughs> sorry, it's been a year and a half since we actually <laughs> were meant to do this. Um, so, so true. All right, so, Adobe Residency. Yes. What's on the cards, mate? What magic are you making? Um, so uh, to give context to anyone who isn't familiar with the residency, um, you know, this program is very new. It's four or five years old, and it started as a community outreach program for Adobe, um, where they picked a handful of creatives. They said, all right, let's see what happens if we give them a just sort of freedom. We, you know, make them employees of Adobe for a year, so they get a salary and health benefits, and they just pursue a passion project pretty awesome on there. They give end. you a salary and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Apparently you were saying the healthcare and everything included. Yeah, yeah, everything. It's I mean, it, it's like a real job. So it's a job um, and with you, what parameters? So when you say create anything you want. Yeah, well, yeah, of course, there's, there's windows you have to stay in. Um, so how the whole process works, it's very much like applying to a college. You have to mm. submit an application and a proposal and you have to really explain to them because the contract runs for a year. Um, what are you going to do for that year? What are you going to make? How are you going to use Adobe's products? How are you going to, you know, show the world what you're doing using Adobe's products? What's, how much is it going to cost you? What's this? What's that? Like, there's a lot of elements you have to explain. And then once you sort of get past that, they pick a handful of people and you're allowed to sort of pursue that proposal. So for myself, uh, the first chunk of my year, I'm producing a documentary called Behind the Feed and it is on the influencer mental health generation that we're living in right now. Like what's it actually, everyone sort of is striving for this YouTuber influencer lifestyle, but what actually happens when you get there? Like what's it like to wake up with a million followers and a million people judging every single move you're making? Like it makes a bigger impact than what we want to talk about. And so that's like the first chunk of my year is being spent on that. And then there's there's a number of other series that are, I'm gonna keep secret because they're very, near and dear to my heart at the moment awesome. um, but it's me just pursuing this sort of like ever I want to be a director thing and then also I'm I'm YouTubing you know I'm, I'm blogging I'm working on my own podcast like there's all these other different things and so that's like when I say I'm creating everything like I told Adobe exactly what I was going to create and I'm now following through on that 
but you can make you can make the proposal whatever you want there's a bunch of incredible people this year um, who are working in like food waste and designing what like the future of cities look like with like UI UX I mean incredible incredible stuff you can really you know they're they're open to ideas that's amazing yeah and so do you have someone that you need to report to yeah yeah and so they, like have a, do they have a checklist does it feel like there's a lot of pressure to meet their criteria you know what's interesting is i've felt like we're two months in i've felt in the most pressure i've ever felt in my life is that right? but it's all been on me okay. like it's so self-imposed every time i get on a call with adobe they're like no you're doing great like is that right yeah like they're there's like, no is there a formalized thing that you're like eh, you guys you promised yeah. tyler you promised to do this so and it's been two months and you've you've skipped a few things it's not it's not that formalized okay um they're they're very open to like adjustments and changes throughout but yes i have you know i have a weekly call with with managers at adobe I'm meeting with like the video team and you know I'm in a few hours I'm heading to VidCon where I'm doing projects with the video team. Um, they're super open and because you know because I'm going to do this VidCon project it means that's attention that won't be spent on the documentary so maybe I'm a few deliverables short than what I had originally projected two months ago. Mm. So it's more so it, it's less a checklist of you're expected to deliver these many things as opposed to Adobe just wants to make sure they're picking people that are going to take full advantage of this opportunity they're they're handing over yeah it's more uh, brand equity in yeah. a very very flexible sense of the word right like you are definitely they want to make sure I'm not playing video games all day long yeah you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. which is is you know understandable uh, <laughs> It's just making sure that you're gonna really pursue your passion and try to make the biggest creative impact you yeah. can in a year without the the friction of, all right, I have to take a freelance job and I have to do this before I can do the passion video, you know? Yeah, I guess the biggest question, which I think is on a lot of people's lips and minds is, how do they measure that these residents are successful in why we've picked them? So, you know, and, and I think in all uh, all creative fields, like it's sort of objective, right? Who's to say if I put out a video that gets X number of impressions, that that's any more valuable than a picture someone else put out that maybe has more or less impressions, but impacted someone exactly, on a different yeah. level? You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's super super and objective, they and they 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 <laughs> understand that, and it's it's also why the interview process is so in depth. You know, it's it's a very you know. The application interview process is about a month, month and a half long of lots of phone calls, lots of meetings, lots of double checking and changing your proposal and adjustments. Like they really do their due diligence to make sure they're picking the right people because of that aspect that it, everything's pretty objective whenever you get into art and social and things of that nature. Now is it available for people outside of the US? It is, they're always expanding um, into different markets based on where Adobe obviously has their offices and things like that. So this year, um, there's nine residents, four of us are based in the US, uh, two are in Germany, um, someone's in the UK, two in Japan, like wow. they're very spaced out. Uh, and they all have like their respective managers they're reporting to on a weekly basis. Fantastic. But yeah, every year they're, they're growing and growing, so. Amazing. Getting pretty much worldwide. Well, make sure to link all that up because I actually didn't know about this until yeah. you brought it up yeah it's that's, your, the, uh, that's the crazy thing it's quitting very, my job video <laughs> it's very uh kind of like under the radar in a lot of ways which i think is what makes it such a uh such a, a thing people should be fighting for yeah. so i made a video the other day applications are going to be back open january of next year cool. it's not like <laughs> i think when when people realize how big of an opportunity it actually is it's not gonna be thousands of applications, it's gonna be hundreds of thousands of applications and less people chosen. There's gonna be a lot more noise, so I'm very encouraging people should do their research on it quickly. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. There you go, you get paid to uh, do creative things for a year. It's, ama it's amazing. Um, mate, you are a very busy man, so I've got a few more questions for you. Let's do it. A question I ask all my guests, if you could travel back in time for 30 seconds, speak to junior Tyler Bourbon, yep. perhaps the youngster finishing high school, maybe 16, 17. Yep. What would you tell him? Um, 
it's funny. This has been on my mind a lot recently. Um, I spent I spent so much time growing up overthinking the like you know the the question of when to post, how much to post, like how much are you putting out there. You know, I, I spent so much time thinking about things because I wanted the idea to be perfect before I started actually working on it. And I think now being being willing to work on something whenever the idea is only kind of there and you like figure it out as you go um, is really, really important. Gary always says like, you you fix the plane as you fly it. Like we don't have time to land the plane to like fix it and then take off again. Like we got to fix it as we're going. It's like the... Um jump off that cliff and uh, trust that you'll build, build wings on the way down or something. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that might actually be like one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard. <laughs> um, yeah, it's exactly like that. Amazing. Uh, who has been an impactful giant thinker in your life? Uh, that person who has helped you think bigger and dig deeper in helping you reach your full potential? There's so many. Um, Top three top three obviously Gary's made made a, a huge impact <laughs> yeah um, I, I would kind of have to like lump all of my family into one amazing they've been you know very supportive um, and then uh, uh, <laughs> so much pressure to pick Choose the last wisely. one <laughs> um, I'll give you four go on <laughs> Let's see, yeah, so Gary, family, um, all of my friends, like, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend Viv's made a, a huge impact on, on me sort of believing in myself more and being willing to put things out. Um, I mean, on that, right? Like, yeah. let's get real here for a sec. I mean, we've been real here this whole time, but yeah. let's get even more real. For those that are in that early 20s, mid 20s, late 20s, wherever, relationships, career. Yeah. It's... It's tough, and it, I was gonna say it's tough. It's a it's, personal it's, question, but it's diff well, it's different for everyone, right? Yeah. Like it is, it is personal. Like some people are are stoked to get married in their yeah. early mid twenties, and that's the life they want, and they're super happy, and that's cool. I personally, like, I know there's so much more self development I have to do, and there's a lot of things that. Well, personal. I think I'm very inherently selfish right now and that I have a certain set of goals I need to accomplish because I think if I don't accomplish them, I will be resentful to whoever I'm in a relationship with down the road. I'm totally the same. Yeah. And so it's not, and I don't, um, and, and again, it's each their own and it's, it's really just, it's a personal question of, and it's a personal choice. Um, it's not that you disregard that other life um, as, as something, you know, that is um, unfulfilling. It's just that you're choosing at this moment to focus on something else. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we're in a day and age now where um, it's a serious choice that you have to make. It is. And I you think know? that's, that, and that goes in with, with finding a person who fits the lifestyle you want and has congruent uh, sort of aspirations um, so that you guys are kind of more understanding yeah. you know there's this uh, Jeff Staple you know Jeff Jeff Staple runs Staple Pigeon as, uh, actually you gotta you gotta look into him Jeff he's, Staple he's one of uh, I don't look up to many creatives I try to stay very internal um, but he is like if I could sit down at a dinner with anyone it would be him wow. to just like talk creativity because I think he's so so smart he runs a, a design agency out of New York and also a clothing line. Sort of, he was one of the core like streetwear founders of New York City. And uh, there was an interview that I listened to, to to him speak on, and it's like, if you're you know super hustler entrepreneur, you're like attacking life and everything, but your partner just like wants to have a nine to five and relax, it it would be really difficult for them to understand why you want to work on a Sunday. <laughs> Like which they is, just don't get it. Which is us all the time. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I like I don't I don't have a job. I have a lifestyle. Yeah. Like I just work around the clock. Yeah. And so finding someone that has like similar values and, and aspirations to what you want to do, and they're going to be understanding as to why you have to prioritize things differently, is really really important. Completely agree. All right. So the last two questions I have for you yep. are: um, What's next for you? 
no clue. And I, that's, that's exactly how I like it. <laughs> I, uh, I always say, you know, if I say my, my like real life sort of started about four years ago, whenever I moved to New York. Um, but if, if like say four years ago, like the day I was getting on that plane to New York, if you would have told me my life is what it is today, if you were like, cool, in four years, this is what you're doing. I would have been like, no way, no possible way, not going to happen. And so I don't like setting like parameters on what's next or where I'm going or anything like that. I think if I just let the world do what it needs to do, I'll move faster than what I think I'm capable of moving in this moment. So we are in uh, mid 2019 as we record this. We should get together in four years time. I'm super down. That would be amazing. This is all captured right now <laughs> to see where exactly Tyler Babin turned up. Yeah. Um, exciting times. Where can people get in touch with you, mate? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all of them going back to the thing. If you don't get to me on one, try another. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I, I live on my phone, so there's a, there's, a, there's a good chance you'll, you'll get to me. Yeah. At Babin um, for Instagram and Twitter? Uh, yes. At Babin Instagram and Twitter, Tyler Babin on YouTube. Amazing. Yep. Uh, I will link all that up for all you giants out there. Um, Tyler Babin. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. This was amazing. So much for your time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, we will see each other around the traps, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode, Giants. I hope Tyler has given you added context that may apply to your situation. And of course, I hope you got a healthy dose of inspiration as well. If there's something in this episode that resonated with you, then it might with a friend as well. You can forward giantthinkers.com to anyone and it'll take them right to it. Also, the Giant Thinkers podcast is available on Spotify. So if that's more convenient for you or your friends to listen to, every single episode appears on Spotify on top of iTunes, Stitcher, or any preferred podcast app of yours. Now, a quick teaser for our next guest. He is an American author. He's written the book, Feck Perfection, which might have just given him away for those that know him he's also an artist and designer and as a creative thought leader he is a sought after speaker known for his timely wisdom and impassioned views about creativity and its place in the world he teaches how to illuminate your individual gifts in order to find clarity and purpose his work is represented in the permanent collections of museums worldwide, including the Museum of Modern Art. So keep an eye out for this one out very, very soon. For any questions regarding the podcast or anything at all, the best way to reach me is on Instagram. Send me a DM via my handle, the Giant Thinker. I really do love hearing from listeners and leave no message behind. So hit me up anytime and uh, I'd love to connect. Lastly, I'll leave you with a quote that I love from Tyler who said, inspiration is found through action. 